guys, you're listening to Confessions of a Gym Rat, getting you through the nine to five as healthily and happily as possible. If you are watching on YouTube right now, I look quite interesting. I will say I am fully glammed up, which only happens maybe, maybe once a year, if I'm lucky. I've got the lashes going, the full lip going. I'm glowing from side to side, um, but I'm in a sweatshirt and sweatpants, so the face doesn't really match the outfit, but it's okay. Um, I had a photo shoot earlier today, so I am recording this on Saturday night. Very exhilarating. Is it, what is it? Is it from Friends? Is it Saturday or Friday? I think it's Saturday. You know, when Chandler like comes in, he's like, Saturday night, Saturday night. Uh, anyway, I did not mean to go on that tangent. I had a photo shoot today, so that's why I am in full makeup. And I thought to myself, you know, it is freaking cold outside. Why don't you just do yourself a favor? Stay in, record the podcast. You'll look great for YouTube. But with that being said, like I've been in clothes and outfits all day and I want to wear my nice little Corona sweatshirt in my gray sweatpants and call it a night. So look up here. Eyes are up here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway, what a week, what a, what a week it has been. I feel like last week was one of those weeks where I didn't get to catch my breath. My mom was on vacation all week. So I was like, oh, like I'll have a place to myself. Like I'll be able to relax, like unwind, just be alone for a few days. Didn't, didn't really happen. I just like slammed with stuff for work. A lot of t-shirt and merchandise orders that came in, which I'm super, super grateful for. So thank you to everyone who's ordering and to bang those out. I got my personal training clients. I just, I got a lot of things going on, you know? Uh, so it, it, it was a busy week. Um, it snowed here, kind of. I mean, apparently the majority of the U.S. is, un, is experiencing this ice storm. Is that what they're calling it? I, I don't know. We're, we're just going to call it an ice storm for the sake of our brains here. Uh, but apparently most of the U S has been experiencing that. I know I was on work calls with people from like Texas who said it was sleeting, hailing all, all sorts of crazy things. And people I know are out of power because Texas, Texas is like, like there's a, there's few States like California when it rains hard, they, they get in a frenzy. They don't know how to act. Texas, you see some frigid temperatures and they're like, what is going on and the whole state shuts down. So that's, I guess, one bonus of living in Jersey is we're kind of prepared for most things. On, on the other hand, it would have been nice to uh, have a day off or so from work for not having power. But anyway, it wasn't that cold here. It was like, like mid forties, I would say all week. So I thought it was pretty odd that the majority of the country was experiencing this ice storm and we weren't cause we Jersey normally gets snow, you know? And then what was it? Thursday, Thursday, Wednesday, Wednesday, I woke up to go to the gym at five o'clock in the freaking morning, five o'clock in the morning, which I'll get to that. Uh, but I went, I came out of my room and when you leave my room, I'm at the top, at the end of the hallway, top of the staircase. 
we have high ceilings on the first floor. So when you're standing at the top of the staircase, you can see out these windows that are about streetlight level, I would say, like the poles on the streetlights. So I come out of my room. It's like pitch black in my house. I look out the window and in the streetlight, I see straight up snowflakes, just straight up snowflakes. And I audibly said to myself, because I was alone this week at five o'clock in the morning, I said, oh, you've got to be kidding me right now. And normally, you know, growing up as a kid, I loved snow days. We, I still do. You know, it's just, you, you get out of work a little bit. You get out of school when you were a kid. And it's fun. It makes the ground really pretty. You can play in it, whatever. But if I don't know it's coming, I'm, I'm, I'm thrown for a loop. Because now I'm like, okay, well, now I got to scrape off my car. Like, I have to worry about that? Nonsense. Nonsense. Anyway, though, it stopped snowing by the time I left the gym. And by the time I went outside for lunch, it was just gone completely. We have just not had a snowy winter, which is kind of alarming. For me, like people are like, oh, thank God, like it hasn't been that cold, which I'll take that. Like the seven degrees that I woke up this morning, not my thing, not my thing at all. However, don't you think it's slightly concerning that a place that's supposed to get like frigid temperatures and snow is oddly warm during the winter? That, you know, it just doesn't sit right with me, which... I am I am segueing like a freaking boss today. Like a freaking boss. That brings me to my next my next discussion. My next topic. And this one, I've been kind of joking around about it for the past day now. I, I literally only found out yesterday. I kind of been joking about it. And then I have to like sit myself down and I'm like, no, this is actually not funny. Like it's not a joke anymore. You guys know that I've been watching The Last of Us. I've been talking about it for the past three weeks now. I'm sure that a lot of you guys are watching it. If you're not, uh, I was going to say if you're not, you should go and watch it. But based on what I'm going to say, totally up to you. I think you should, at least for education purposes. But anyway, phenomenal show. Sidebar, didn't realize that the guy who played Bill in last week's episode, in case you're watching was Ron Swanson. I don't know, I don't know the actor's name who plays Ron Swanson, but that really changed. That really changed things for me. And apparently Frank was Armand from the first season of The White Lotus. Freak. Armand, freak character. Did not like him. But yeah, I kind of there are certain actors that they will never be any role other than their most iconic one to me. Like like Steve Carell, I've seen him in other things. I've seen Crazy Stupid Love. I've seen, uh, oh my God, what's the one called about like 2008? The Big Short. But to me, it's it's fake. He's Michael Scott and that's it. Seeing Ron Swanson pop up in, in The Last of Us, I didn't realize at first actually because he looked so different. And then I heard it on a different podcast and I was like, God, you know, I wish I didn't hear that because now I'm replaying everything but with the Ron Swanson mustache and it's not sitting correctly with me same thing with 
Ugh, now I'm blanking on her name too. What is her name? I really should know this. The one that plays April Ludgate and she was just in The White Lotus. I'm blanking on her name, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Can't see her as anything but April Ludgate. Anyway, that's a sidebar. In case you have not been keeping up with The Last of Us, I'm going to give you a quick rundown. I know I've given it before, but this time, like seriously, you, you guys have to pay attention. I swear, it's important. The Last of Us came out in 2012, 2013, 14, something like that. I don't know. I haven't played the video game. But it is a video game. Obviously, it was popular enough over the past decade for HBO to make a show out of it. And now the show is extremely popular. But the premise of the whole game slash show is there's... It starts off in the past, 60s, something like that. And I don't know how it starts off in the game, but at least in the show, they're sitting down, two scientists being interviewed for TV, and they're talking about viruses and stuff. And they're explaining how humans don't get fungal, like like fungi viruses, which honestly... No, I guess you can get like a fungal infection, but you can't get a fungal virus because of the fungus needs like heat, like a certain temperature to survive. Our bodies and like the earth are just too cold for fungal viruses to exist. So that's why we never have to worry about that. But fungal viruses would be really freaking bad if they did occur, if they were able to grow, um, I don't know, I forget the exact science behind it, but basically it kind of turns people almost like like rabid, like almost like rabies, honestly, just morphs them. They, they're trying to attack other people, whatever. So that's how the show starts off. And then obviously, you know that that's what's going to happen in the show. The earth is warming up, uh, global warming, whatever. So these fungal viruses are able to live. Outbreak starts. Shit hits the fan. <laughs> um, these people are biting each other. They're all funky, moving, all distorted. And if you want to look up a clip, feel free. But basically the whole point of the show is, yeah, this wasn't possible. But then because the earth is warming up, it's possible now and it's happening. And they live in a post-apocalyptic world. Now, why am I telling you this? Why do you care? That's because... I was in the gym yesterday, minding my own goddamn business, toot, toot, tootin' along, don't know what that sound was, just la, 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 and I get a text from my friend Christian at work who just started watching the show. We talk about the show a lot. And all I see is like a preview, like he sent me something and was like, this can't be real. Like, great, see you on the other side. So I open it, and the first thing I see is a post just from a post from an Instagram account. Like I didn't see anything else. I didn't see, I hadn't really, I think I've heard of this Instagram account before, but it's not one that I frequent, if you will. Puberty, that's what it's called, which I don't like to say at all because it sounds like a weird mix of puberty and pubic. Gross. Anyway, let me see if I could pull it up actually, because this will be, this story will be a lot more accurate if I could pull it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. He says, wonderful. 
and it's a headline from the Post. Dangerous fungi spreading and possibly adapting to heat as temperatures rise. So I see that in the gym. And I go, shut the freak up. Dude, that can't be real. What is the credibility of this account? There is no way. There's just no way. And he goes, the source is the freaking Wall Street Journal. And I go, well, that's not awesome. That's not awesome at all. So sure enough, I look it up. I think I typed in like fungus Wall Street Journal. Here's the article. Dangerous fungi are spreading across. You know what? Gosh, darn it. To continue reading, I have to be a Wall Street Journal fan. Whatever. Anyway, dangerous fungi are spreading across U.S. as temperatures rise. Some fungi, such as the type that causes valley fever, which I guess is what what happens in The Last of Us, might be adapting to endure more heat stress. Um, I didn't really read too much more. It's dangerous fungal infections are on the rise and growing body of research suggests warmer temperatures might be a culprit. So what I'm getting from this is that not all, I say not all fungal infections are life threatening. I mean, you ever had a case of the athlete's foot? Be honest. <laughs> I'll tell you right now I have, <laughs> uh, but like athlete's foot, that seriously, that's a fungal infection. Um, wrestlers, ringworm, that kind of stuff. Valley fever, I guess, is the one that's uh, that's that's pretty life threatening, and apparently, it's becoming possible that these types of fungi are able to live in today's world. So, that's just really upsetting. I've, I've been like joking around with it, like I was like, oh, my, I think my best bet right now is to hunt down Pedro Pascal with like, a pair of handcuffs, and I'm laughing it off, but like. This could very this could very well be a problem, but until it until it's like confirmed that it is, I'm gonna keep living my life because I simply what like I think one pandemic was just enough for me to live through. It's I'm I'm good. I barely like we barely recovered from the last one. I, the ozone layer supposedly is healing itself. I can't really elaborate on that because I. I you're talking to the girl that gave herself a migraine trying to watch Interstellar. Can't do it. I've told you guys about that. Uh, but anyway, that's your uh, that's your current event. That's your current event news statement thing, whatever, <laughs> for the day. But yeah, let's see. What else did I want to talk to you guys about? I wrote my things down this week. I think the first thing that I wrote down was literally weather, cold. Some... There is a child screaming outside my window right now. I hope you guys couldn't hear that. I love children. They're so innocent. They're so pure. They're so unharmed. But I don't like the screaming. I'm not going to lie. I'm just being transparent. I don't like the screaming. But I, I think they're so... They, they represent so much uh, hope. They're blank slates. Okay, anyway, that's not the point. Oh, my morning lifts. That's what I wanted to talk to you guys about. I had a very busy week this past week. If you're in the business field, you probably know what a QBR is. Quarterly business review. Happens once a quarter. Team gets together. If you're not in the business world, in short, it's just a long team meeting to recap on the quarter. Uh, anyway, that was this week for me. So I knew I was going to have late days and I have to personal train after work. So I didn't want my days to be ending at 10 o'clock. 
So instead of doing my workout after work like I normally do, I got my butt up. I I got my butt up at five o'clock this morning to work out before work. Would I have loved the extra hour of sleep? Yes. But my brain was very turned on, I will say, by the time I got to work. So that was nice. And I try and explain to you guys all the time, like there's, we're busy. We're all busy. We all have to work. We have families. We have friends. We might have more than one job like me. We have respons- We have responsibilities. But you got to be disciplined and you got to find a way to make it work. Going to the gym at five o'clock this week was not ideal for me at all. It was freaking cold outside and dark and sad. But I, I, I needed to get it done. You know, so sometimes, sometimes you just got to suck it up and let, and, and roll with whatever, be adaptable. Otherwise, if, if you're not adaptable, where are you expecting to get in life? You know, what are you like? Yeah, that's, that's it. Anyway, last thing I wanted to talk about, there's been a lot that has happened in pop culture this week. Oh my God. Wait, I hold on. This was not even on my list. I can't believe I almost went through this intro without mentioning this. Guys, the Jonas Brothers <laughs> announced their album, and it's called The Album. Lot, lot of stuff happened in the Jonas Brothers world this week, and I need to, gosh, I can't believe I almost forgot. I obviously need to tell you guys about it since I threw a little tantrum last week about not being able to go to their Walk of Fame thingy majig. So if Turner was there, she looked great, and that hurt me. But we saw Nick Jonas's baby for the first time. They call her MM for short because she has like one of those like two first names, and they're both M's. I don't think MM is cute. I think M would have been fine because then people might think like, oh, M, like Emily. Um, that's all I have to say. Nick Jonas's baby was release to the world. I still, I'm in denial that Nick Jonas is a father. So I kind of choose to ignore it. That's that. But they did announce their albums coming out in May. I've heard that it's a little bit more like seventies vibes. I'm going to be honest. I haven't really listened to a lot of seventies music in my life, believe it or not. So I'm very, I'm, I'm interested. I'm excited to see what they're doing and I'm anxiously awaiting a tour date and I hope that they don't use Ticketmaster because I'm done with Ticketmaster. Morgan Wallen also released his album date on the same day as the Jonas Brothers. And that was a lot. I was pretty overstimulated. That that was a lot for me. He His album's coming out in March, I believe, one thing at a time. And he released three more songs and they don't they don't miss. That's all I have to say. Otherwise I'll probably get into my feels. He can write a song. He might only know how to write a song about three different topics, but he can do them and they pull on my heartstrings and I'm okay with that. But that's, that's what's happened in the music sphere. Other than that, if you've been keeping up with football, the Eagles are, are going to the Super Bowl, and Y'all know how I feel about the Eagles, and it's it's not a, not a positive feeling towards them. 
pretty, honestly, pretty pissed, pretty pissed that they're going to the Super Bowl. I knew we were going to lose to them last or two weeks ago, I guess now. But I like, I just, I really don't want them to even have a chance, whatever. Uh, but the Empire State Building decided to tweet that night. I And I, I caught it because I've been using Twitter probably more than I should lately. They just tweeted like they lit themselves. The Empire State Building, by the way, if you don't know, lights up different colors based on if there's like events going on. Like if the Giants are playing, they'll light up blue and red. Um, Say the Mets win the World Series, something like that. They'll light up blue and orange. You get my point. They lit up green and white and tweeted that they did it for the Eagles. And quite literally, hell in the tri-state area broke loose. We're like, first of all, first of all, Pennsylvania, not in the tri-state area. So why is that even necessary? Why is that on your radar? Two, New York has three football teams. None of them are the Eagles. Three. The Eagles and the Giants, New York's probably, at least New York City's, most popular football team, uh, they're, they're in the same division. And they kind of kicked the crap out of us last week, so that's really uncool. Four, all Philadelphia does is talk crap about New York. So why are we feeding into that? Why? They try to bounce back. Apparently there was reporter, there were reporters like swarming the building when this happened. They tweeted later, oh, now we're lit. We hated that as much as you did. We're lit up red and white now for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's like, you know, maybe just go, like maybe just go silent. Maybe we don't talk about that anymore. We just, we just light up yellow, like the normal light color. Made no sense. Not sure if that was supposed to be some little marketing tactic or whatever. Like, no, nobody forgets about the Empire State Building. Like, you don't need to attention like that. And you gave Philly the satisfaction. For what reason? For what? But yeah, so that happened. And then uh, I guess Tom Brady is retiring. And I say that with a little skeptical little look. I, I don't know. I do think he's done this time. Like my instinct is like, you can't do this twice. But at the same time, like that man cannot give up football. He can't. And he's got a freaking movie that just came out too. And then he decided to retire the next morning. And I actually saw a tweet that was really funny. If you didn't see his announcement, like he took a, a video of himself, like sitting in the dunes on the beach and was like, hey, like blah, 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 retiring. I saw this tweet and was like, imagine you're like taking your dog for your morning walk and you see Tom Brady in the dunes retiring. <laughs> and I just thought that was funny. Uh, but good riddance, that man throws a lot of hissy fits. His time is done. He has done great things, but Eli Manning beat him twice. And to that, I say, happy retirement, Tom Brady. Anyway, I just rambled on. Let's get into today's episode. I am going to be going over how to create a split and how to structure a workout and then I have a interview today with my longtime friend, Alex Esposito. He's a former Rutgers wrestling athlete, and now he's in grad school, but also has his real estate license. So we covered a lot of different stuff, what it was like 
training and eating as a heavyweight wrestler. Uh, by the way, I don't think we mentioned this in the interview, but in case you guys don't look him up when the time comes, he's so large that I, w- I was wearing open-toed shoes on the 4th of July two years ago, and all he did was step on back on my foot by accident, and my big toenail just popped right off, and it was awful, and I was bleeding, and it hurt a lot. That's how big Espo is. But anyway, that is at the end of today's episode. So without further ado, let's jump into things. Okay, let's get into highlights for this week. And I am super excited to share this with you guys because I hit a bench PR. Moment of silence. Thank you very much. Okay, seriously though, guys, I have been... Oh my gosh, I started... I started bench pressing later than I should have because like most girls, I was scared. I didn't know how to do it. So I just avoided it instead of challenging myself. So I finally started bench pressing my senior year of college when the gyms opened back up. Woohoo. Remember those days. So I guess this is like what I went through. One, two, three, third year benching. I really wanted to hit 135 last year, but I was like, I just... It, it wasn't feasible. Like it wasn't in the line of sight. So I was like, you know what? Next bulk, when I'm fueled up, when I'm eating a lot, when I have more power and strength, we're going to do it. And then I got my car accident in August and my chest was pretty banged up. Um, from the seatbelt and all that, I think there was like a slight pull. So I didn't work out chest for a little bit because it, it hurt this side. Any sort of like... Even some shoulder movements I had to be careful with. But I was like, damn, this is going to set me back because my bench is my least strong lift lift to begin with. So put it like not practicing it like will set me back pretty drastically. And this, so that was what, September? This week, a few days ago, I hit 130 easy money, easy money. That went down and up like nobody's business. I did try for 135. It was my fifth set. Didn't happen. Didn't happen last week, but it's in the line of sight now. Like it is feasible for me to accomplish in the next month, two months, whatever. If I keep practicing this, it's, it's, it's closer than it ever has been. And at the end of the day, I still hit a PR and it, it's pretty damn close to a full plate, which is pretty impressive for a girl. And I, I know a lot of girls that can bench a lot more than me and guys are crazy with the bench, but I don't care. This was a huge PR for me and I'm super happy. So that was my fitness related highlight, obviously for the week, my non-fitness related highlight. I did my first non-fitness related photo shoot this past week. Uh, it was a little Valentine's day theme. That's why, you know, I've got the, got the makeup on already told you guys about that, but I have been wanting to get more comfortable in front of a camera and expand my portfolio when just, you really, really just be more natural and fluid in front of a camera. So I was very excited that I had this opportunity to do this photo shoot. I'm very excited to get the pictures back. I know they're not going to be perfect. They're not going to be the most impressive things in the world, 
But every time I do this, I'm getting a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more natural with it. So that's something that I've been doing for myself. And I really, I've really been trying to focus on pushing, pushing myself using like, what's the word? Not using, but like taking advantage of all the potential and opportunities that come my way. So that was my non-fitness related highlight for the week. As always, I challenge you guys to take a few minutes and just sit down and reflect. Could have been the smallest thing. You could have, it could have been a meal for you. It could have been the fact that you woke up on time for something, whatever it is. Just take a few seconds today and, and think about what your highlights were. You don't have to tell anyone. You don't have to be a little cheese ball, but just think about them yourself. And it goes a long way. Goes a long way with the mindset. All right, let's get let's get into the nitty-gritty here. How to build a workout split and a workout yourself if you have no idea what the heck to do. This is definitely something that I wish I had learned when I first started going to the gym because I I mean, it's like anything. It's like a job like if you walk in and you don't know what you're doing and you don't have resources to guide you, like how like how are you supposed to know what you're doing, right? So what I tell my clients, there's not one split that's going to work for everyone. There's not one split that's going to work for me. Like my, my own split, I change every four to six months or so just to continuously challenge my body. But everyone's is going to be different based on their capabilities, their exercise history, and their goals. So... When I tell, when I have clients that are just starting out in the gym, they do not regularly go yet. I'm like, let's start small. Let's start with a three-day split. It's a lot harder to build something into your routine and be consistent with it when you're throwing yourself at it all at once. Everyone's different. If you're the type that can and you like wholeheartedly believe that, then go for it. I have found through my years as a trainer, it's just, it's more feasible when people like dip their toes in, you start going three days a week and you're like, okay, I can do this. I can do three days a week. Actually, I could do four days a week. And then once you start going, you know, you just fall in love with it. And then it's like, not only can I go four days a week, I want to go four days a week or I want to go five days a week. So that's the first step in figuring out your split. How many days are you going to go? If you're a beginner, I do recommend starting off three-ish days and then building your way up. But you have to be honest with yourself too. I'm not, odds are, I mean, unless any of my clients are listening, I'm not your trainer. So I can't tell you, nobody can tell you, go this day, this day, and this day. Nobody's going to hold you accountable. So that's the big thing. Like right off the bat, You got to be honest with yourself and you have to hold yourself accountable. But first step, like I said, picking out how many days we're starting with. Once you pick out how many days, then we can go into breaking down the split. I don't skip muscle groups. I don't. Unless you have a doctor's note that says, do not exercise this muscle 
there's absolutely no reason that you should be skipping muscle groups in my opinion. Do I want to, like, is my focus building a muscular chest? No, it's not at all. I don't really care if there's muscle there or not. I don't care. You know, I, I just don't aesthetically, but I still exercise it because it's just, it's a healthy way to make sure that those muscles are, are being exercised. And when I'm older, you know, they don't become saggy. They don't, I don't know, like they're strong. It's just like anything else. I don't go super heavy and I'm not like really trying as hard as I am with my other body parts, but I'm still exercising it. Okay. So that's, it's number two. We don't skip muscle groups around here. So then based, what I was saying is based on the amount of days that you pick out for yourself, find out how should we break this up? So I'm hitting every body part in those, in those X amount of days. There's, and there, this is where there's no right or wrong way to go about it. I've seen every pairing under the sun. Like I said, I switch my stuff up all the time. I typically, one thing that does stay consistent, I, cause I do go like, f- I go six days a week to the gym. My leg days always stay the same. I have one quad day and one hamstring day. I have found that it's easier for me to really target each muscle when I separate them. Um, I've just seen better results personally that way. So that's how I keep it. But my upper body, I switch around based on, I don't know what, like not what time of year it is, but where I am in my cycle, what my split is versus what it was and what, you know? So typically starting out, I paired together for upper body. I did back and buys because those are both using pulling motions, pulling muscles. The biceps are a secondary muscle in every back exercise. So that's why I paired those together. Or I I tend to pair them together. I don't always. Like I said, you guys get my point by now. Same thing for chest and triceps. That's why I see a lot of people pair those together. They both use pushing mechanisms. So every chest exercise, your triceps are assisting that push. They're secondary muscle. With that being said... We want to make sure that we're changing up our split two, three times a year at least, just so we're continuously challenging our body. We don't want to get too adapt to things. It's also easy to fall into a rut that way. Be like, oh, I do this every week. I don't need to write down my workout in advance. I'm fine. And then the next thing you know, like you're not really giving your 100% in the gym. But other pairings I've done, uh, I do back by itself. I've done an, an arm day. I've done shoulders and chest. It doesn't matter is what I'm trying to say. One thing I will recommend though, I give myself two full days in between my leg days just because, again, I break my leg days out, so hamstrings and quads, but I hit glutes both days. And if I'm feeling very sore, I want to make sure I'm mostly recovered for that from that before I hit legs again. Kind of piggybacking off of that, you don't want to hit the same body part multiple days in a row. You know, if I hit back and buys on Monday, I'm not going to hit arms on Tuesday because again, our muscles need to rest. The bicep muscle needs to recover and we need to give it time to do that. 
when I started going to the gym, I firmly believed that I needed to do glute exercises every single day or I wouldn't ever have a chance at being slim thick. And I was doing my, I essentially was doing myself more harm than good. I was not really focusing on the exercises that count, but I wasn't allowing my glute muscles to recover because I was exercising them every day. So coming up with a split isn't as daunting, really, as it seems. Pick out how many days you're going to go and then see how you could split it out. People like to do push-pull legs. That's another great solution. And of course, if you need help, you can take a look at my page, others' pages, and see kind of how they break down things, but there is no wrong or right. If you want to build emphasis on a certain muscle group, I would suggest isolating that and making its own day. Like right now I'm bulking and I really want to grow my shoulders, my shoulder caps. So I do shoulders on its own day, not mixed with anything else. It's just one full workout dedicated to shoulders. And that's really it. That's how to build a split. Now, how, now that you figured out your split, how do you build a workout? What, like what, what are you supposed to do in the gym? Is there a right way? Is there a wrong way? First of all, you can always use my page as a reference, of course. But I choose about five different exercises to put in my workout. Five different exercises or five different groups. Like some of them will be a superset, so it'll actually end up being like maybe seven exercises total. I found that five is the sweet spot. I, you, you don't want to overload yourself with every exercise under the sun. You don't want to be spending two hours lifting, doing 13, 14 different exercises for the same reason that I said before, you don't want to fatigue your muscles. You need to get, to give them time to rest. You don't want to overwork them because what happens when we lift, when we perform resistance training, our muscles tear. Very, very, very tiny microscopic tears, but they do. So when, we're, when you're working out for two hours, you got to think about all those little micro tears that are occurring and you're not giving your body that time to rest and recuperate. So there has to be like a stopping point, you know, before we actually do end up injuring ourselves. I say that with a full, full-fledged warning. Weight training is not dangerous. You're not going to injure yourself just from weight training. Um, yes, our muscles do tear, but they're very, very tiny. It takes a while for it to become a problem, you know? Um, gosh, where the heck was I? What did I say? Oh, that I don't want to exercise them all. No. (laughs) Sorry guys. I just had a brain fart. Okay. Yeah. So I choose about five exercises for that reason. There we go. Back on track. Brought it back around. I start... Every single lift, no matter what body day it is, I start every lift with my hardest exercise. On quads, I start with squats. Hamstrings, I start with deadlifts. Chest day, I start with bench press. Because as we work out, we become more fatigued. So if I'm trying to do barbell back squats, third exercise in, my body's already starting to get tired from the first two exercises that I did. So I always prioritize compound movements. My compound movements, my hard movements come first. That, that's when my energy is most fresh. 
and I could really dig deep on that. And then I go into accessories. So I'll take you through, I'll take you through like a, like a leg day for me, by, for example, on a quad day. I'll start with my barbell back squat. Want to give that all my focus. That's got to be my number one. Then I typically move into hip thrusts or hip thrust variation because those kick my butt. Quite, quite literally, those kick my butt. They're hard. And if I saved them for any later, they wouldn't be happening. Then I'll go into some accessories, um, some lunges, some maybe goblet squats, stuff like that. But I put my two biggest exercises first. How many big, how many compounds should you be doing is kind of determinant on, again, like what your focus is on. I am a huge advocate for compound movements because they work more than one muscle group. More bang for your buck. And then accessories isolate whatever muscle group that we're targeting. So there's no wrong or right answer as to like, there's no ratio compound to accessory. But you do want to make sure that you're putting a combination of both in. So like I said, compounds are exercises that work more than one muscle group. You can look it up online. There's always lists that you could go to in case you're not sure, but make sure that you are including both. And uh, that's about it. In the shortest, most easy way possible, that's how to build your workout split and how to build your workout. One last thing though, I do put in 30 to 60 minute rest, second rests, sorry, 30 to 60 second rest times in between. So my body can recover, but my heart rate doesn't slow too fast or too much. And on the compounds like squat, deadlift, bench press, I go more two minutes because I'm focusing on strength. But that's that. How to build a split, how to build a workout by Liz. Thank you very much. All right, welcome back to another question segment with Liz. Like I say, every single week, I put up question boxes on my story every Monday and Tuesday. Check it out. You could also DM me and we'll talk. We'll chat. I'll answer your questions here. The first question that I actually have did get sent through through a DM, not a question box. Sorry, I just blanked, had a total brain fart there. Um, And the question was, what are your thoughts on ashwagandha? To be honest, I don't really know too much about it. I heard about it recently, and then now I've I've been hearing it come up more, and it seems to be growing to be more popular helping with anxiety and things like that. It is natural. So I can't really see it's natural. And from what I've heard so far, there's not really an addictive quality to it. So I guess I don't really see the harm, but personally, I don't have experience with it. I am medicated for my anxiety and I am doing great on it. So I don't think I can give like a full, like, like full trustworthy, credible answer that question. Anyway, let's see what we have here. Hair product and styling Rex, please love your bangs. Thank you very much because there's a guy on my Instagram who comments every single time I have my hair pulled back and says, thank God no more bangs today. And I'm like, okay. Uh, But hair product and styling Rex, I only use one brand in my hair and it's AG hair care. 
paraben-free, organic. I use the apple cider vinegar, shampoo, and conditioner. My hair smells great. My hair is super, super soft. And that's it. I have the Hot Tools curling iron. That's And I have the one with the clamp. It's a lot easier with the clamp. Even my hairstylist says it. You just clamp it, leave a little, like, the ends coming out. So there's, like, a little end on, on, on the end, of course. Wrap it around the barrel and then release it in, an, in a straight downward motion. So the curling iron should be pointed up when you release the curl. I have Hot Tools, yeah, Hot Tools curling iron, Hot Tools hair dryer, and then my straightening iron is chi, but I don't really use it. That's it. Advice for training yourself to constantly brace your core. So this is a good question. I'm actually not going to answer it right now because next week, ep- eh, oh, brain fart or mouth jumble, whatever. Next week's episode is going to be focused on that. So stay tuned and that's going to be all next week. Not a question, but you have really pretty eyes. Well, thank you very much. They're hazel. What yo jeans look like, looking like? LOL, like ethnic background or genetic ancestry. Okay. Uh, I am 50% Chinese and 50% Italian. A lot of people think I'm Latina and I'm not. Wish I was though, because my hips would be moving in, in different ways on the dance floor. But no, 50% Chinese and 50% Italian. What is the hardest part of influencing and working a nine to five? The hardest part is like when my nine to five is over, I'm not done. I still have more to go. And I'm very like, I'm a very go, go, go person. So it doesn't really hit me until I get home at night and I'm like, God, I'm tired. And people from work sometimes like don't really understand like, no, my day isn't done when five o'clock hits. Like I have more to do. So I just... It's just like there's a lack of free time during the week and that sucks, but it's worth it because I love doing this stuff. I really do. And our last question for this week, carnivore diet versus vegan diet. What have you seen from other people's experiences or your own? Um, personally, my take on it is that men have been eating meat, man, you know, I say man, like, you know, have been eating meat for centuries and I don't know. I mean, I think if you're smart about it, either way, whether you're vegan or you eat meat, you need to be smart about, you know, organic choices. Like there's, there's chemicals in all of our freaking food. This day, it sucks. But personally, I couldn't get, I, I couldn't live without meat. I think it's a lot easier to get your protein in without meat. Um, And I don't know. I don't know enough people that have been vegan like long enough, like like have seen them be vegan from a young age going into their older ages and see how it affects, you know, their bones and all that kind of stuff. So I think that will be very interesting to see by the time like we get older, since obviously people from our generation have are are vegan and have been vegan. I don't think I, I don't think that there's like enough time has really passed yet to give a good study on it. But my take personally is I eat meat. I love animals. I really, really do. I just try not to think about it. And I honestly really just eat chicken. That kind of, 
they're kind of ugly anyway. I'm sorry, that was mean. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that's my take. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that if you're vegan, it's you really need to focus on prioritizing getting your protein in because it is hard. And I would definitely recommend getting protein supplements if you're vegan. But that's it. That's it for questions this week. All right, everyone, I'm here with a very special guest today. I'm here with my longtime friend, Alex Esposito, former Rutgers wrestling athlete and now real estate agent, right, Alex? Yep, uh, I'm a real estate real estate agent now in uh, Mulca Hill. That's crazy. So you, um, I mean, obviously I know a lot about you. Me and Alex have been friends for like six years now or something like that, like kind of crazy to think about, um, but- what are like what's who's Alex if I were to ask the people like if they were to ask who you are how would you sum yourself up in a few words uh well I mean I guess now more of a realtor associate but uh also dabbling working out a little bit on the side um sponsored by a great company called uh, underground nutrition um I go to them for really anything any questions I have about fitness uh, diet um I'm also getting my master's in human resource management right now. Um, I have one class this spring, and then I'm, I'm done with that. But yeah, that's uh, a little bit about me. Nice. So, are you still up at school then for this, like for the rest of the semester or the new semester? Um, it's kind of hard with uh, work because it's about like an hour twenty commute from Rutgers. But yeah, Thursdays uh, I still have my still living with Jared. Um, at Rutgers and um days that I have class I'm up there and then every other day I'm usually down in uh Gloucester County uh, yeah. work. so where do you live with Jared back in like South Jersey too or no. um well I, sometimes I do uh most of the time I stay with my girlfriend in Sickerville oh uh, I didn't realize she was from down there yeah that's that's where I am right now actually okay Cool. So you decided that, like, would you have had the option to continue wrestling, like, for another year or so because of, like, the whole COVID thing? Um, or are you kind of done, like, you're not eligible anymore? Because I know you're not wrestling for Rutgers anymore. Yeah, so I had – um, so I started, I think, in 2017 was my first year yeah, yeah. at Rutgers. Um, I redshirted that, that year. Redshirt year, yeah. That was a redshirt year. And then because of COVID, you get a COVID redshirt. Um, that would be, that would allow me to have one more year of eligibility this year. But um, yeah, wrestling for five years is pretty rough on your body. I mean, I've had a couple concussions. Uh, both my labrums are torn, partial tear in my quad. And now I have three uh, herniated discs in my neck. And I went and got some MRIs done uh, a little bit over a year ago. Um, that was uh, the year that I wrestled in. I like Big Tens, um, was starting. And uh, yeah, we found out that I had three herniated discs. And I saw a specialist, and he basically said, My dad was there at the consultation with the doctor. And he was like, If you were my son, I probably wouldn't let you wrestle again. And 
I took some advice, got some injections in my neck. And at the end of the day, even after eight months off the mat, I couldn't wrestle without injuring myself. So I made a decision this, uh, this September, told the coaches, hey, yeah, tried everything, but uh, I'll have to medically retire. So I'm medically retired. Nice. At least that has like a nice, like it's a good excuse out. Yeah. It's not like I just quit. Cause I mean, I, I tried really everything, but yeah. Yeah. Do you think like looking back, was it worth it doing the four, four or five years and like now where you are now? Cause I think, I mean, like you got, like you got into school here and you did like you worked your way up, but it seems like you're in a pretty, pretty rough shape. <laughs> yeah. I mean, physically, like I can do everything. I can still yeah. work it out. I just can't really wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to get into ju- jujitsu, um, more after college i had some good connections um nicky rod gordon ryan mm-hmm. I was working out with those guys at henzo's and then went to puerto rico with them and that's when i kind of realized something was wrong because when i went out there in puerto rico during covid um it was like the first main time um well i guess the second time that i had lost like feeling in my arm um and then when i went back to wrestle again in New Brunswick, it just did the exact same thing, even when I took time off. Um, but that's kind of out the window now. Can't really do much of that. Yeah. But it, it was definitely worth it. Most guys wrestle for four years and they're done. I wrestled for five. Right. Um, great experience. Taught me a lot. Yeah. Um, work ethic, everything like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, they provide you with a lot of support uh, class-wise, um, tutors, um, also like references um so if i could do it all again i'd do the exact same thing okay yeah no regrets in that that sense so i like i kind of know a little bit of your story but you so alex and i both went to like a division one like big 10 school um but you didn't start wrestling until like what like high school or like the end like didn't you start off pretty late yeah so i started uh Started thinking my sophomore year of high school. Um, it was pretty terrible. It was like, I think I went like six and 18. And then I really started honing in on wrestling. Um, did a lot of club practices, privates. And then my junior year, I think I went like 32 and eight. I mean, it's like around 12 states. And then my senior year going into states, I was undefeated. And then um, I had one of my first injuries there. But I ended up placing seven. And then I was going to play football um, in college. And then I backed out of one of my NLI deals or whatever. Um, National Letter of Intent. I think that's what it was. And um, started focusing on how I can wrestle in college. And I went to a tournament and one of the main recruits for heavyweight uh, end up beating and coach Pollard shout out to Pollard uh, reached out to me and was saying if I was interested in wrestling college and then yeah, the rest was history I ended up going to Rutgers um, and working my way to starting for him for a year yeah that's pretty cool because a lot I mean most people that become D1 athletes at like big schools have been working at it their whole life uh, <laughs> but and you started off pretty late but looks like you've always been into sports and all that um 
but I mean, I, I can, I know what you look like, but people listening to the audio don't know what you look like. Alex is a pretty big dude. Um, so he's not like, not one of the shorter wrestler guys, but how is it like, I know that like, I've kind of heard you talk about it throughout the years, but, um, obviously a lot of your diet is like controlled when you're trying to make like a certain weight. How did that, like, how did you handle that mentally? Because personally, like if I was being forced like to eat like a shit ton and like put on weight, I feel like I would like my body image and body perception would be so distorted and and off. Yeah. So it's kind of like on the opposite side of the spectrum with guys that are cutting weight, they're restricting with me. It's more of eating excess. So, um, I talked, we have a dietitian, um, and when I was starting, I mean, I was like 250, but they're like, you need to bump that up, bump those numbers up. So I was eating ludicrous amounts of food. Um, and yeah, I, the heaviest I got up to was like 270 that year. And it, mentally it was like really strenuous because like, I didn't want to be eating like that. And like seeing all the weight just come on, it was like a rough situation. I mean, I wrestled a lot better because when you wrestle heavyweight, kids could be anywhere up to 285 pounds. And when I was at 250, when I wrestled a kid that weighs in at 284, and there's a big difference in weight, so they have a lot more control. Yeah. Um, when I did get to that highest weight, I mean, I wrestled better. So it was worth it in that sense. But yeah, it kind of made me go into um, like one of a crash diet afterwards. I lost like 40 pounds in like three, four months after mm-hmm. that. And then they started that diet in February. And by June, I was like 225. I mean, it was the best I ever looked, but in the beginning it was terrible because yeah. I was eating so little that sleep was an issue recovery was an issue and just like I feel like I crashed everything yeah no I I remember you telling me like and seeing how much weight you lost and stuff and it was it was a lot in it in a short amount of time um but now you're kind of you're all done with that do you like how did you go from I guess that cycle of like eating because you were like going to be in season and then off season and, and dieting and like now that everything's done um how like I guess what I'm trying to ask is like did you find any issues with like trying to just eat by yourself afterwards or like your appetite and like metabolism any of that well I mean most wrestlers they uh they're skinny during the season and they get uh hefty in the off season personally me it was getting hefty during the season and then losing weight in the off season. Um, I mean, some of my eating habits still are kind of bad. Um, I always like fast in the morning when I'd rather be splitting up multiple meals, like moderate sized meals instead mm-hmm. of two or three big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I kind of just kind of have issues with eating sufficient amounts and like good time frames. Um, because I'm always thinking I'm going to overeat to gain weight and stuff like that. Because, like, I want to be as lean as possible, but also yeah. do it healthily. I mean, I've right. done it in the wrong way, but I want to do it in the right way. So, in a sustainable way. Yeah. I mean, I've been I've been coasting around the same weight now 
Um, it's hard with the holidays because you're always going to eat more. Right. Um, but I'm sitting around like 2.30. Um, in the summers, I get down to like 2.20. But I'm happy at this weight. I'm pretty, pretty happy with that. Well, you said you told me that you're going to start. I don't know if you already did start it, but you're like looking to start your first actual like comp like bodybuilding competition. So have you started that yet or? Um, so we set up a time frame um, of like what the actual should say prep would look like. It would be like a six week to eight week uh, growth phase where I'd be trying to like put on as much size tissue as possible. Yeah. Um, and then we start working down, um, to get like, to maintain as much muscle mass, but lean out. Um, we haven't really gone over the details of what that would entail. Um, I've been talking to, uh, Ryan Lucas, um, he went to school with us. Um, he did one of his shows, uh, I went and saw him, saw him in Georgia, um, I got some advice from him for the time being on what I should be doing um, meal-wise. But, I mean, I'm going to – whatever my coach tells me to do when we start, um, yeah, I'm going to follow that to the Nice. Are you going to do – like, are you going to do your first show, like, somewhere around here? Have you looked into any of that? Um, yeah, do they have one, like, New York? It depends on, like, the time that I do it because mm -hmm. they kind of, like – seems like they bounce around depending on – the time of the year mm -hmm. um ideally i would do something as close as possible because i just don't want to be traveling even like with wrestling guys that are cutting weight traveling just like kind of well yeah when you're i mean it always shocks me like seeing how little like the wrestling guys like had to eat and stuff like that or just seeing like pictures of like luke out with like a salad like a piece of lettuce for dinner um and i know like when i'm cutting weight or there was like a period that I went through where I was eating like definitely not eating enough carbs for my body and I just felt so sluggish and tired so I can't imagine going through like months of that yeah I mean everyone's body's like different um and that's one of the main things you're saying we got to figure out how my body responds to like a higher carbohydrate day or higher fat day and kind of just find that balance and like see how my body responds to that um and it's a process so like that's what the that whole period will be um i'm sure it's not going to be a uh, very quick change but it's going to be over time because when you're on your own and you implement the diet like everyone wants to see quick results mm -hmm. and um with a coach you got to stick through something until he says he tells you otherwise and then you'll, you'll adjust your your macros um right. when there's more carbs less carbs more, more fat less fat um so it kind of gives you like more of a uniformity um of sticking something out but yeah those those guys are wrestling they um they do some crazy uh crazy diets they really do definitely not healthy but no definitely definitely not healthy um how come this is like something i just thought of now you like I know there's a bigger gap like in the weight range for like heavyweights because mm -hmm. that, that's where you were, right? Yep. How like, why is that? Because I know with like the small, like the other weight classes, like the lower ones, like the ranges are shorter, but how come you guys have a bigger 
gap because like you said like if you're 250 and you're wrestling someone who's 285 like that's a big difference yeah i mean it's it's i'll never really understand it i mean there's there's 10 weight classes so maybe they're keeping trying to keep it even so like 11 will just be a weird number for weight classes i mean the lowest or the next weight class next to heavyweight which is they usually say it's 285 is 187 um 197 pounds which is almost 100 pound difference um i just say there's less people at that weight class in that range so they maybe accommodate that to having a wider range for it um i know personally when i did that cut and i was at my latest which was like two two nineteen i did a bod pod and the lowest i could physically get down to was 207 pounds and that was like um i mean obviously it's not possible it's zero percent body fat so like you'd be dead but yeah um i'd have to sacrifice yeah um so i had no choice but to go heavyweight um those other guys they can bump up and go down um they all do hydration tests i don't know how valid those Mm -hmm. are but it allows you to kind of see what you can get down to my lowest I could get down to was 207 so I was still 10 pounds off of 197 I don't really want to do that if there was like a 220 however I would do that or like a right I feel like there should like I know 11 is kind of a weird number but I feel like there should be something in, in between there like yeah, 197 so, to 285 is literally like 90 pounds yeah the uh so high school in New Jersey at least uh I know they have a 215 weight class um when i wrestled in high school it was 220 i pref- i would have preferred at the time to have a 215 weight class because i was closer to that weight but i think something in between there would probably be better um just so like you don't have such a big swing of weights because yeah. you see some of these guys even the good some good guys are not that heavy um there's some really bad guys that are really heavy so obviously skill is still a major uh right but I think it'd be more of an even playing field if they had something in between. Do you think that like someone who like, cause I mean, there's a lot of, like you said, like skill and stuff that goes into wrestling. Um, I feel like it would definitely be an advantage to be heavier as far as like, I guess, power. Mm. But what about like, like, I feel like your speed would be affected and like, agility. Yeah, so, no, you're definitely, definitely right. Um, your agility is, I mean, if you have another, if I have another 20 pounds of weight on me, I'm not going to be as quick as right. I am without it. Um, but I mean, when you get to like top and bottom, if you have like a 285 pound guy on top of you, it's going to tire you out. Yeah. Um, most guys that are lighter have better endurance and those bigger guys don't, but they have, there's ways to tire out opponents. Um, it's also harder to take down guys that are bigger. I mean, speed's a huge aspect. Um, like an example is like Kyle Snyder, who, won the Olympics. He wrestled heavyweight. Ohio State, right? Yeah, Ohio State. Um he was wrestling like I think like two thirty, um, two thirty five ish. And that was like on the high end, I think, for him. So when he wrestled the big guys, it definitely was uh closer matches. I think it was was Dowski from NC State. Um he's on Team USA with him now. Um yeah, their matches were always close because it's hard to take down a big guy like that, even if you're like one of the best in the world. Um, 
definitely gives people advantages, but I guess it makes matches interesting. Yeah. Um, recently, I've seen a lot more guys that are lighter in weight, not like the typical big, fat, slow heavyweight, more of like a leaner, quicker, more agile heavyweight, which I think is, makes the matches more interesting because people used to just hate watching heavyweight because it was just boring. Yeah. No, I've definitely watched a fair share of boring, slow heavyweight matches that you're right people people tend to get up and leave at that point if yeah. it's the end exactly I mean, yeah i never liked wrestling like that that was never a thing for me um i always liked action because yeah. would tire people out but having dude, someone back dude you're bad. a tall dude you have no ch- no choice but to go really up like yeah um so how did you guys like because I've talked to people who have played other sports and stuff. And I like, I know it's very different. Like personally, when I ran track in high school, they didn't want us weightlifting at all. Cause they didn't want us to put on like mass. Cause it would slow us down a little bit. How did you guys train? Like, and, and like, like specifically weightlifting. Cause I know like now you're very big into going to the gym, like and you go by yourself and you kind of always have, but what was different, like specialized about weightlifting with like your team? Um, so the way they split it up, this is the one thing I hated most about wrestling. It's like, so cardio wise, we always had the same amount of cardio. So like we would do like, if we did 10 mile run, that was timed. Like, Ugh, I was that sounds keep, so awful. Yeah. I was expected to keep up with those guys. And I was like, well, like I have a lot more size and like, yeah. I'm going to get more tired. But like when we had workouts, like weight wise, um, they'd have like the upper weights and then the lower weights having two different workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, they're not expecting the lower weights to lift as much, but they expect us to run as much as those guys, which is just bullshit. Yeah, yeah, and bewildering. But um, we had uh two different lifting coaches. Um, main one that I had was uh Coach DeMarco. The guy's a genius. Um, Seen him on Instagram, I think. Yeah. Um. So when he came in, we we had an interesting workout. A lot of uh explosive like workouts um use a lot of med balls because i think he didn't personally more crossfit workouts but he was able to like integrate um functional movements that would replicate like wrestling things um i personally love those workouts they got me really sore um you're using different muscles than if you were to go to the gym and do like a shoulder day or like back day you know yeah exactly um so we usually did like there's four um circuits and in each of those circuits there's about four to five movements that you would do so you'd have like five minutes to do um let's say our first one was like uh swiss bar bench mm-hmm. and then you'd have um like med ball slams or something else and then you'd move on to something else it was an upper body day. Um, at the APC, we have these swinging um, bars that you put bands on and weights on. So it's like you'd be like on a your barbell knees. or like no, like- it wasn't a barbell. It was on the back of the squat rack. They're really cool, um, and you can start on your knees. And if you're in a seated position, and then you can extend. Uh, and, yeah, um, cool. yeah, it's cool stuff like that. Um, I don't remember the actual name of the one machine, but um, it's a belt. You stand on a platform and you got to lift the weight up. 
and it's around your hips. It's like a big belt and it's connected to the bottom. If you know, I've seen, I've seen stuff like that at like personal, like, like, like iron revolution type gyms. Yeah. yeah. We have those ones. Um, but a lot of things that like work, we start mostly with, um, our volume wasn't very high. The weight was high. Um, and we do anywhere from five to eight sets of that, but the volume was very low. So we build up and then we get into things that were more endurance, explosivity, um, movements, um, and a lot of accessories that would be with that. I mean, they, they killed me. Everyone was tired after those workouts. They were tough. Um, but I think everyone just got a lot stronger wrestling wise because everything right. was working. Right. Um, Obviously, I understand like the importance of endurance and all that stuff because the wrestling match can get pretty long if it's a good one. But I want to kind of go back to the whole 10 mile run thing. Uh, I just I feel like wouldn't they want you to like like wouldn't I would assume that your cardio levels would be special like specialized to your weight goals as well. Like if they're wanting you to increase in the lower weight kids are trying to decrease like don't you think that they would like change that up like what was do you know their reasoning behind keeping the cardio the same well the cardio i mean we're all resting the same amount of time right Um, the one thing that i was conflicted on is like if i'm trying to gain muscle i mean cardio is gonna doesn't like i'm like a 10 mile run is like i wouldn't do that frequently if i was trying to put on size yeah so like 10 miles (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'd say, yeah, it's definitely, it was definitely over eight miles. It was from the APC where the rack is all the way to the uh, hail center or, and bush. Mm-hmm. Oh my like, God. Wait, how'd you do that? Like, so what, run, yeah. We, we end up like on that, uh, main like, did you go there. on route 18, like on the highway? No, it was like, you know, that bridges where like you can get onto 18. Yeah. 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 So we'd run over that mm-hmm. and then 18 would be below us. And then we'd go through the bush. Um, Bush campus mm-hmm. run through Bush campus and then we'd get to the football stadium and I think we'd do two laps around the stadium and then you'd run back it sounds so awful yeah <laughs> it's uh it's not fun and then um it depends on the day but like on Fridays we have uh stadiums where it's like you start you with go up and down the steps right yeah, we do. Su- we start with some suicides, which is like we go from one end zone, and then you go in ten yard increments until you get to the opposite end zone, and mm-hmm. then um, you do some hand fighting, and then you do stairs, and uh, the stairs would be like if you're looking at one end zone, it'd be the closest stairwell on the left side of the end zone, and you'd hand fight, then run up the steps, run around to the other side of uh, the end zone and then come back down then you have a little break and you do that for maybe um, five six times and then you'd have a couple laps on the upper level of the stadium and then you'd run all the way up to the highest level of the stadium three times so it was rough and then we'd wrestle we'd wrestle uh that'd be at like seven o'clock and then at like 11 we'd wrestle couple matches or practice did your body like because i'm sure you've heard this now since you're like big into weightlifting and stuff but what i like tell my clients and stuff is 
you know, if you're looking to, I guess it's really like if you're looking to one, prevent injury to um, like keep or grow muscle tissue, the, an appropriate amount of recovery is like very important. But you guys were doing like two workouts a day, like what, like five, six, six, seven days a week. Uh, we had, um, it changed, it changed a lot because there's different, you get a certain amount of hours you can work out during a year, um, depending on the time of the season. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it was, it's hard to really accommodate everyone. I think it was harder for me at least because such a high level of, um, cardio, the lactic acid buildup was severe and then i'd go and then lift and i'd just even further push my um micro tears in my muscles and mm -hmm. even with the best recovery you're still going to be feeling it like if they knew we really hurting they dial back um but right. they have to keep a good um level of pushing us beyond our boundaries right. but also not getting us hurt so it's a hard thing for them to do um, and I mean, they've, they've had great outcomes. I definitely got a lot better when I was really dialed in, um, when I wasn't injured, yeah. but it's just, yeah, really just a, a grind no matter what way you see it, because someone else is either going harder than you or when you stop, they're still going, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's hard. One thing I would have preferred is that we had more of a change of the, outlook on cardio um so it's more adjusted for heavier weights right um but i mean they're the, they're the guys that are in charge on me <laughs> so yeah. i guess so so do you um do you keep any of like that style of training in your lifestyle or are you just just in the gym just weightlifting yeah no i the cardio like cardio wise absolutely not <laughs> you don't do any cardio at all anymore yeah, so when I was doing my cut, uh, what was that two summers ago? Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. I was running every every day, um, two three miles, like a thirty minute jump rope, and then later on in the day I'd do a workout. But it was always never it was never functional movements. It was always the goal of putting on mass, like. Mm -hmm. I do exercises in volume to promote um, hypertrophy. And uh, yeah, that's not the thing that wrestlers would really focus on. But they were happy with us lifting no matter what. If we lifted on our own, they're cool with it. It wasn't like we had to do um, the wrestling lifts. But they always wanted us to run an extra. Personally, now, I don't do cardio like I should be. So what is your, like, what is your training routine look like now like not necessarily like what does every workout look like but what's like a week of works at workouts for you so um i'm in like a interesting part for training now um because i'm down here so often i don't have a gym here um mm. there's not like a like a like a crunch or something down there yeah i used to have a membership with crunch here but i ended up canceling it when i went back to school after the mm. summer was done um but like last semester when I was up at school more, um, I'd usually train at 
one o'clock, three o'clock range. Um, just because if I lifted later in the day, like the caffeine always would mess up my sleep. Um, but like now I just, I go to the gym with my girlfriend. She has to eat Sporta, but she's, she gets back from work at like six o'clock PM. So I can't take caffeine. Then. So I've been doing a lot of workouts without caffeine, which is good because I used to have like a lot <laughs> 700 milligrams a day. yeah So it's a lot. So I'm dialed back on that, but yeah, usually lived in at six o'clock every day now. Um, just like the rest of us yeah, which sucks, but I think I'm going to sign up to crunch. And what I do would be I'd work out in any time I have off in the morning to early afternoon yeah and use pre-workout and then do my lifting. And then when my girlfriend gets back, uh, go to the gym with her, do some cardio, and then put her through some workouts. Nice. And then I'm done. But I wouldn't have caffeine at 6 o'clock. I'd just be doing cardio. yeah no i'd be up all night i don't really i mean i have a cup of coffee a day now and i don't really do too much caffeine anymore Yeah, it was hard because um, when I was working down the shore, I was working like pretty long hours until like 3.30. when you when you were at djs Yeah, so like, and we had like a ridiculous amount of energy drinks. We would just pull money together and like order. And then we also had um, C4 come and sponsor like one of the events. So like they gave us probably like 400 cases. Oh my god. So when That you're working stuff through is my... like so bad for you though. Yeah, no, they taste so good. But I was like on holiday weekends, I was having like a gram to like 1.2 grams of caffeine throughout the day. And like, I was seeing like serious health issues. Like my blood pressure was super high. My vision was even going blurry. Um, and my sleep patterns were just horrific. I just wake up tired because I'm the You quality crash of sleep. like a sugar high, like you crash. Yeah, and, like, the quality of sleep I was getting, I definitely was not, like, getting into deep sleep where I was Right. actually recovering because I was just always tired in the morning. Right. Damn. So, yeah, I definitely weaned down from that, at least. I'm, I'm happy to hear that because you were a caffeine fiend. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's going What else is going on in your life? I don't know. I feel like I've seen you in passing a few times, but we haven't really hung out in a while. Anything? Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of, I'm never up north. Everyone, all my friends are up north. Um, even if they're at the shore. So like, I mean, Jared's down here, but and I have a couple friends down here also that I know, but like, I haven't been really going out much. Um, I try to work as much as possible. Um, Yeah. You're now like the schools, a man now. yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, just trying to finish out school. I mean, it's, it's a drag, but it's, I think it's easier than my undergrad. I mean, like, GPA Yeah. is doing better now. You're not balancing. Like with undergrad, you were balancing school, social life, and wrestling, which Yeah. is like a lot. Yeah, so those wrestling and social life are kind of taken out of it. Like those variables are completely taken out. So I have like a lot more free time, um, but also I'd say more important responsibilities. Wrestling obviously was a responsibility, but No, but it's you're like an adult now. Like you need to make a living. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Close so the deal. why'd you choose to uh like like is it because of Jared that you're over in South Jersey? Like would after you get your masters, do you plan on like coming a little bit more north or east or Yeah, so um 
decision was kind of made um, on the drop of a hat. Um, me and Jared spoke about it like when we first moved in, but his mom's business. Mm -hmm. And then um, one day we're like, yo, why don't we just get our licenses? And then I think like literally that week we started taking classes and it was like two weeks of classes from 8 a.m. to like 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing you know, we have our licenses and we're working um, this past summer. And uh, for the future, I don't know necessarily what I'll be doing. I mean, if I'm spending money on a, a master's, I think I want to use it. Right. I mean, you could always keep your real estate license and yeah. on the side or rent property, you know? Yeah. So that's probably the plan of like keeping my license, but not working as full time now. Um, Cause I'm down here six days out of the week. You like it down there? It was definitely a, a big adjustment. I didn't like it when I first came down here. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Everything's very spread out. Um, it's a lot slower. Um, and it's really far from home. So, and from school. So if I want to go to school, it's no matter what, an hour, minimum an hour, 15 drive. Um, so that was a pain, but I just kind of integrated myself here and I'm adjusted now, but I don't know if I'll be doing it long-term. Right. Well, you gotta like, I guess you have to put your girlfriend in the picture too. Cause she's down there. Yeah. She makes it a lot. That part makes everything a lot easier. If she lived in like North Jersey. That'd be rough, but. Um, her living down here is just kind of like best of both worlds because I get to see her and then also somewhere to like hang out instead of driving back and forth or sleeping on an air mattress I can just like yeah or paying for another place to yeah which is just not feasible it's not because real estate this is a hard business it's being fun well, yeah it, I like don't really know too much about it I was thinking about this the other day actually um because I was like talking to someone who is in real estate what like what does your day-to-day -day look like? Like, I really, like, I mean, obviously I'm familiar with, like, I've, I've, I've moved before. So, like, I've had, a like, my mom has had a real estate agent. But I don't really know, like, a lot about what goes into, like, anything, really, of it. Well, um, my week usually goes, we have a meeting on Mondays. Um, everyone in the office is there. Just going over, like, open houses um, the past Sunday. Um anything that changed in the market, whether it's like interest rates, new programs or um, new vendors we can use for like our loan officers. Um, sometimes they come in and then after that, um, usually get in touch with whoever you're working with. So my clients are working with like uh, four or five right now, um, but usually just showing houses um, or meeting with new clients and most of mine, I usually meet them somewhere nearby a property that they had interest in. And then um, I go over what we can provide for them, what our job is, um, some of the resources we have. And then once they are my client, we start working on figuring out exactly what kind of home they want um, and set up appointments. So, I mean, I have an appointment at 4.30 today to show someone a second house. And um, yeah, yeah. So you get like, you get assigned clients rather than getting assigned like properties or both or vice versa. 
So you can, um, <clears throat> it depends on what part of the deal you do. So if you are selling the houses, um, you can either get them on your own, get your own listings. Um, it's either from your own sphere of people that you know, you know, someone's trying to sell a house. Mm -hmm. um, if they're trying to sell a house, you usually negotiate with them on what the commission is going to be. Um, it's like 6%, 7%. And then you work together on figuring out a price to list the house at. And um, that's what we do, do our open houses. Um, or Nancy can give you um, a house to list. And okay. she'll um, basically give you the information, connect you to the person. And then yeah, you go forward with open houses and you negotiate in their best behalf. Um, all the offers and everything like that. I mostly work with buyers, so people that are looking for homes. Okay. Um, whether it's like first-time buyers or uh, investors, um, and I basically just get them in touch with if they're not pre-approved yet. Um, get them in touch with someone that can give them a range of what they can afford um, based on their uh, debt-to-income ratio. Mm -hmm. Um. And yeah, we create a criteria of an area they want to look in, um, what kind of homes they want, what kind of things in that home that they want. And then, uh, yeah, we go out and show them the homes. And uh, if one of them piques their interest, and then we'll put an offer in, uh, put together a offer. Um, I have to get gather all their information, whether that be proof of funds, um, the pre-approval, the offer itself, and then usually like a letter to the seller to just make it more personable. And uh, they all, they accept the offer. We get into actually going forward with closing, and then most of the time you have to negotiate. Um, market's kind of figuring itself out, where it's not like everyone's just trying to buy everything, no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, even if it's over, I mean, when I closed on Friday with one of my clients, it was, I believe, either fifteen or ten thousand under market what was asking which i think is always a, a win if you can get under and that was that was a quick closing it was like within a month um but yeah that's my job find the homes and uh negotiate for them nice. yeah i didn't really know anything that goes into that i just know like a million people that are in real estate <laughs> yeah there's definitely a lot of people in real estate um i mean i like it it's yeah. just hard with being so far away right um, you could change. I mean, are you, I'm assuming you're licensed in the state of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So you could, you really could go anywhere. Yeah. So you, you have your license and um, you work for under someone, uh, you mm -hmm. have that broker. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you're also part of an area. So like real estate's like every single step of the way, there's some kind of fee. So I'm part of right, which is like, the greater Gloucester County area in South Jersey. Right. And then for your area, because <clears throat> I'm trying to help my parents buy a house in uh, Lavalette, um, that's a completely different program. Uh, it's called Monmouth Ocean. Right. Uh, and like they have fees, their own fees. So me paying for Bright wouldn't allow me to be able to access their system. So you'd so, have yeah. to pay for Monmouth Ocean to... Yeah, or I use like... Home Snap and Zillow, but like I'd have to, I have to get into contact with um, listing agents personally. Right. Like I give them a call and be like, "Hey, like you could probably make good money though if you like the Mammoth Homes, like down by 
you know, like Fairhaven, Rumson, Red Bank, yeah. like that whole area. You could definitely the cold snack. Well, it's like it's a completely different market, and the prices are definitely a lot higher. Yeah. Um, just because I think of population density and like demand of people wanting to buy there. Oh. Um, I mean, I was just my parents were looking for even just a piece of land, and I was looking at like four hundred thousand dollars just for a piece of land, no structure on it at all. Um, so when you get into like actual houses, it's it's hard to find something that's like in the specific price range. Yeah, it's more expensive that. But yeah, you get like a condo or something. My family used to have one. No, they don't want they don't want condo. No, absolutely not. No apartment, no condo, no land leases. It's got to be their own land. Which I, I mean, personally, that's I think fair. That's, that's fair. I think that I agree with that because yeah, to be renting because when you have a land lease, you don't own the land. You just own the property on the land. So you're basically renting the land. Someone we had a condo, so like my parents bought, like they bought it. Mm -hmm. Um, so we didn't like we didn't sublease it or like anything like that, but it was nice for the time being because it had like it came with like a pool and stuff, and we weren't there. Like, we didn't go there for the entire summer since we lived so like we were already in Monmouth County, Mm -hmm. it was more of like a weekend thing, so. Yeah, condos are nice. I mean, my parents just personally don't want to do that. You got to pay like HOA dues. Yeah, they had to pay like association fees or something. Which yeah, so they always have that, but I mean, yeah. some of them provide better things than others. Some of them more expensive. I mean, it's pretty high for you though if they get a place. Yeah, I don't think they'll have an issue with getting one. It's just getting the right one and what time yeah. frame. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't work for anyone else other than Nancy. So okay. Um, I mean that. The way that office runs is like clockwork, and they provide a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, most most realtors, they get their license and they start working under a company, and they're like, "All right, go ahead." And like they don't give them any right. or direction. Um, Nancy really is like helps you along every way. Yeah. No, I've I mean I've heard all from Jared, but I've heard good things about her. Yeah. She's she's really great. Um, love working for um and if you have any questions i mean it's not like it's hard to reach her either you should give her a call and she'll right if she can't answer it because she's very busy she's extremely busy lady. yeah um but if she's busy she can be called back whenever she's available that's awesome well i'm glad that you've you've got your ducks in a row and you've got things figured out yeah i mean i got figured out for now you have more figured out than i if you asked me Five years ago, if I thought you'd have your shit figured out right now, I'd probably say no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was a pretty lost kid. I was just coming with emotions. But Living yeah. a lot. You had your fun. Oh, yeah, no. That was, it was a fun time. I mean, you go to Rutgers, it's kind of hard not to have fun. I don't know. You know. Every corner. Yeah. And that's why I'm surprised you don't, like, I, what are you, like, burnt out from going out or just got other things to focus on? I think it's a combination of the two. Just oh, get pretty bad. And you used to get like such bad FOMO though, like if you couldn't go out because of wrestling and stuff. And now you're you're all chill guy. Yeah, no, I don't even care. I had enough fun. Like that's true. At the shore, like I just I had that was like basically every single because we're not drinking, we're working. Right. But, but like even like the afters, you were having a great time. Yeah, um, I did. And I think that summer kind of just. Burnt you out a little bit? Eh, it didn't get burn me out. I just got everything out of my system. Like, right. I, just, it was a I feel like we're all at that point. Like everyone that I've talked to 
that like we graduated with is just like like listen I'll still like I still love to go out and I'll go out on the weekend but I can't go out like I did in college anymore like I cannot do Thursday Friday Saturday without like my whole Sunday Monday being ruined I don't know how people do that um one of the big things that DJs was like Sunday fun days I think drinking on Sundays is a mockery. Like, that's absolutely absurd. I'll go out on a Sunday, but I'm not going to drink on a Sunday. Like, I'm always there for a good time, but I'm not going to drink on a Sunday because I'll feel like absolute dog shit on Monday. Yeah, I can't. I I don't know how people do it. I mean, if I go out, I'm probably going to have a few drinks. Um, Like, when when I closed on my deal on um, Friday, the whole office one, um, I only had a few things. Yeah. Well, that's another part about growing up, too, is, like, you can go out and you could either, like, have one drink or just a few drinks and not get, like, blackout wasted every single time you go out. And it's still a fun time. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's That was basically where. Yeah. I've also noticed such, like, I really did notice a change in my body, especially last winter. Like, when I was going through my first bulk out of college, I... Like I still put on muscle, but I was a lot leaner body fat wise because I wasn't drinking four days a week, like binge drinking four days a week. Yeah, that's a that's a big reason why I don't like drinking as much is because I always get like super hungry after drinking. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what as soon as you bring alcohol into the picture, like your body's going to prioritize breaking down little poison. Yeah, yeah. Breaking down carbohydrates so everything you eat it's basically just storing as fat yeah what I read. um and also it messes up your metabolism so you're just not at optimal levels and it like if i'm like like if i go out and i like drink heavy and i'm like hung over the next day it also fucks up like my next day of eating because my stomach is just like not right the whole day yeah it's it's not just a one day thing it's 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 it carries on into the next day 100%. Yeah. and I just want like bad food and, like I'm off my like routine working yeah. out would be an issue I have a horrible time trying to work out when I'm hungover it's just like I don't have it there I used to be able to do it so well when I was younger in college and now I'm not I can't yeah I try to keep it to one day of drinking a week and that's it I've been pretty yeah. good to that I'm I'm pretty much the same because I don't want to like like I, I still love to go out I still love to party and like i'm young and i want to but it feels good not being hung over on a sunday and get my life together yeah and i get terrible anxiety with drinking too anxiety that's a real thing anxiety is pretty pretty shit um it'll kill you yeah it's it's crippling i'd rather just i think the main thing was just getting the fomo and just realizing like i'm really not missing i can do this next weekend it's be the exact same yeah. people, the exact same place the exact yeah. same Nothing really that special is going to be missed. Yeah. Um, no, it's true. Yeah. That is very true. I still have fun, though. So, yeah. It's good to have a nice balance. Um, You're all grown up and mature now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I still got some time. To yeah. Another semester. That's the whole reason why I did my master's to like put off. Um, Real world. Well, yeah. Yep. Have a little more time to figure it out i also thought like it it was right after covid so i was like job market shit just wait it out right right Maybe even worse now i don't know um that no that was definitely a thought in my head that if i couldn't like i was like okay if i can't get a job like my senior year then i'm just gonna go and apply like to get my mat like 
my masters because what am I what am I gonna do? Yeah, no. It, I mean, it was it was also a really easy decision because I had another year of wrestling, and then for my program because of my undergrad, I didn't have to take as many classes. I think I had to take I had to take six less classes. Yeah, that probably that sounds. I know a lot of people that like if you go to if you do your masters at the same school you did your undergrad, it's like shorter. Yeah, and then also um, there's like an entrance exam you got to take. I didn't want to study all this shit. Right, right. Um, and take an exam to get into a school. Mine, I was able to pull my GPA up to a 3.0 on my undergrad. Um, so I was able to bypass that and just get accepted. I think I submitted my application in August of hmm. that year. So yeah, I literally read it deadline. And it was automatically, congratulations, you're in. I was like, great. There you go. That's where we're at now. Nice. Well, I kept you for long enough. Um, was there anything else, like anything you wanted to bring up? Any, anything interesting? Um, I know you're sponsored by a couple of supplement companies, but if you want to look into underground nutrition, use my code Alex10. Great guys there. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah. Do you want to tell people where they can follow you on like Instagram and or wherever? Too? Yeah. Um, my Instagram's uh, Alex Espo two eighty five um is that because wrestling yeah I, I, it's just stuck i'm gonna keep that one i like the, the ring of it sounds good uh but yeah um i'm thinking about starting maybe a fitness instagram when i start getting into prep because you uh, you've been saying this for years and you've never done it you should just do it yeah i know um now you're done i know like you were like you didn't want to get shit from like your coaches and stuff but that's a close chapter of your life yeah I guess, yeah, that was a big part of it. Um, I mean, I started posting some stuff on TikTok. Um, nice. I mean, it's hard to get in that algorithm. I um, feel like you have a good, though, like, like there's a lot of, like, male fitness models and stuff that have your, like, physique and, like, build. So you could you'd probably get, get a lot of attention and, like, offers and stuff and just make a, make a little side cash, too. Yeah, that would, I mean, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, it would have to be apparel because I wouldn't underground for anyone i don't even care if it's like no i mean there's all different sorts of things and no yeah yeah i mean i, I it'd be cool to be like um part of like a apparel line of something yeah yeah you dope but i mean underground even does their own apparel but first i gotta take that step into recording my workouts and gain yeah fun. i'm all for it and i'm i'm here if you need encouragement or whatever <laughs> yeah I guess that's all I need and a little bipod or tripod. Yeah, go to Five Below. They're five dollars. Yeah, I got a five dollar one from Five Below. Nice. All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind. Cool. Well, all right. I'm gonna let you get back to your work day. So, everyone, follow him on Instagram. Check out Underground Nutrition. And thanks for joining me, Alex. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, guys, that pretty much sums up this week's episode of Confessions of a Gym Rat. I hope you enjoyed this week's interview. Next week, I'll be back and we'll talk about some more exciting things. Good week ahead, guys. Good vibes. Get through the nine to five. I I know you could do it and we will be back next week. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Lifts with Liz. And you could also find this podcast on YouTube. Same username. I will talk to you guys next week.